Hello, welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast for the Manchester Even News. I'm Rich Fay and I'm delighted to say I'm joined here in our new surroundings by Samuel Luckers. Hello, Rich. What do you make of the new room, Samuel, before we get started? Uh, it's, it's different, isn't it? Could do it's with a little paint, <laughs> isn't it? Temporary. Well, you don't start yet, Charlotte. We've not been introduced. <laughs> oh, sorry. The listeners won't know who you are. But more, more importantly, uh, we give them the sound quality that they've been pining for. That's what they've been. We've had lots of requests over the weekend, haven't we, Charlotte? Nice to have you back. Thanks for having me again. About three weeks in a row now. You're becoming the yeah. first teamer, aren't you? I'm I not am. sure how this has happened. No, I'm not either. But like I think to... it's just a rotor glitch, to be honest. Yeah, it must be. I'm the only one of... here to do it, unfortunately. Yeah, not not for quality reasons, is it? We wouldn't no. wouldn't book you knowingly, would we? But no, probably not. You're here again. Here it's I nice am. to have you. No um, care in this time. No, it's a shame. Um, but he's Irish. <laughs> and he, he went have to watch England last week anyway. Um, England against Croatia bizarre friendly something you said you watched did you watch all of it or did you watch some of it or how much did you last yeah, for, for my sins my week off i did i did watch it um purely out of fascination that it was a behind the closed behind closed doors game and and also it's it's two decent teams and i th- i don't think it was a surprise that it was a goalless draw in the end given the, the, the setting Do you think the fact a- that it was yeah. sparse but in terms of I suspect you're going to ask me about Marcus Rashford there's going to be something on Marcus Rashford coming up yeah I was just wondering just quickly before we get on that um, do you think the surroundings did make a difference to that because I guess in terms of play, young players playing do you think actually being one of these young players in the England squad do you think it actually benefits them playing in, fr- in a friendly like that in front of nobody no no uh, you've, you've seen with Croatia in the past when I think England got beat there 2 0 with the Paul Robinson, Gary Neville own goal and then they went there a couple of years later and one four one under Capello. Uh, it's a very partisan crowd, it's a pretty unpleasant crowd as well, given what given the reason behind it being played behind closed doors. So I don't think they'd have really taken anything out of it. But then again, as somebody said, uh five or six days a week players are playing relatively competitive matches against each other in front of no one but coaching staff. Yeah, fair enough. Um, we will bring you on to the Marcus Rashford. I know you're itching to go on this. Uh, Rashford's yeah. performance, uh, it was plain to see. It was a frustrating night for him, missing some opportunities. Saw some United fans on Twitter somehow blowing Jose Mourinho for the performance. Don't think it's down to Mourinho. I think of all the problems at United, I don't think this one's down to Mourinho anyway. But uh, Rashford's form for club and country, what do you make of it at the moment? And- I mean, when I watch those two uh, chances, I did wonder which uh, blinkered, vindictive so-and-so will somehow pin the blame on Mourinho. And of course, quite a lot of people did. Uh, I mean, there are some things a manager cannot legislate for. There are some things a chief executive like Ed Woodward cannot legislate for, like Mourinho playing midfielders in defence. But Mourinho is not to blame for for Rashford's finishing. Um, I mean, the the more you look at them, the the worse they are. But... I think with with him and with particularly those who analyse England, uh, a lot of people are ill-informed with him because they think that he is a natural striker. He hasn't been... Um, he, he told us in the States last year he'd only been a been playing as a number nine for two years. That's now three years. I think that period when he first came into the United team and he had that stratospheric start to his, his career is just anomalous. Um, you know, he was fearless. Nobody knew what he was like and it was it was extraordinary to watch but they still needed a striker and they got one and then when Ibrahimovic uh, left the first time around they needed another striker because 
Rashford is not a natural goal scorer. He's not a natural finisher. His best performance this season came from the left... Sorry, not this season, this calendar year, came from the left wing against Liverpool. Uh, Romelu Lukaku has, has many faults and there's certainly um, an argument that United do need a different kind of striker to you know come in if he's not, not performing and more often than not, he hasn't performed this season. But he's always going to score more goals than Rashford, whether he's a flat-track bully or not. Come the end of the season, he will have at least 20 goals. Uh, there's, as I've said before, he's, he's still not hit that 30-goal barrier, which I think is a problem. But with Rashford, it's, it's it's remarkable how he will go away with England. And let's face it, you know, lining up for United to lining up for England, it's like a bomb disposal expert going off on holiday. That The pressure is nowhere near as intense. Um, I think looking at his his starts this year he's had 12 starts for United in 2018 he scored four goals so that's not great with England it's three in six starts but again um, I think the only competitive goal in inverted commas was that Nations League game against Spain so he's bound to have a bit more joy I think with England because of just just the mood around the place which is you know great credit to Gareth Southgate but this this attempt to pin the blame on Mourinho is you know it 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 does I hate to sound like one of these Trumpian United fans, but I think with some people they do they do genuinely have an agenda with him, yeah. and they will uh, kind of ironically because they say this about Mourinho, but they will try and extract the negatives from positives and. I think his handling of Rashford has been absolutely fine. Yeah, I guess that just sums up the whole mood at the club at the moment. You've got it's just the clear divide between supporters and Mourinho in and Mourinho out. Uh, Charlotte, in terms of Rashford yourself, do you still think that that left wing role is his best place to play at the club? I mean, I know you did a piece looking at the stats of the left wingers last week, saying that the chances he's created since January are far below Marshall and Sanchez. And yeah, the 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 stats that I was looking at was in the Premier League. But interestingly enough, Mourinho goes on about how he's his most used pl- used player. I think he's had something like six league starts that's since this, since January, so we're ten ten months yeah. in. So okay, we because ca- we were comparing him to Lukaku there, which you're right, he is a more natural goal scorer than Rashford. But Lukaku gets the chance week in week out, and a lot of things about goal scorers you see is the confidence, isn't it? He's the problem with him is he's. A lot of the time, he's missing these glaring chances. There was one against Newcastle. I think it was a header, wasn't it? Glanced in the first it, half, yeah, yeah. Glanced it wide. Stuff he needs to score goals like that. But you just feel like if he's then hooked for the next game, which is quite likely, he's never going to get that run. Lukaku can be horrendous week in, week out. The consistency is the, always there. And he's yeah. always, he will always get picked. So he's always going to have that chance to redeem himself. If Rash was coming on for the last 15 minutes of a game and the pressure's on him thinking, I need to score here because otherwise I'm not going to get picked next week, midweek or whatever. Lukaku's always... I'm not saying the pressure is yeah. off him because... But he knows he's going to play, He knows he? he's he's one of Mourinho's favourites. He's going to get picked. As Samuel said, Rash was best performances have come on the left wing, but... Mourinho prefers Alexis Sanchez over him in that position. So he, if he's looking at that forward line, Mourinho has got favourites in the positions that he want that Rashford would want to start in. So the pre- I think he's going to put pressure on himself, but he just needs, someone said it before, he needs coaching and finishing. He's young enough to... He's still so young. I think that's what lots better. of people forget. Yeah, isn't it? like uh, you said, there, his rise into the first team was so out of the blue and so quick that he's not really had that chance to sort of ground himself and become. No, and I think another issue you have with him and and Marshall as well in the. Uh, uh, very quickly, they became the Super, golden yeah. boy of Manchester United, uh, Manchester United squad, Manchester United 
team because well, they've, 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 they've sort of been the face of the club for a period so that yeah the tenure the ab- absolutely and then obviously Mourinho came in and he was always going to come in but there was a sea change there because they brought in two established world-class players and Pogba and Ibrahimovic who then kind of just superseded them as they naturally would do and I mean talking to some people who deal with United players they've they've noticed that the younger players and I think this is probably quite prevalent in football anyway they just don't react as well to criticism as the more old school players would do there's not a willingness to prove them wrong and of course Mourinho is the world heavyweight champion of criticising players in public so certain players aren't going to respond well to that and I think Rashford there is a little bit of an air of entitlement there where he has achieved an awful lot so quickly and he has played in the World Cup he's played at the European Championship but he has to take a step back and think why am I not a regular what have I got to do to improve I think if I'm in his position he's got to look at that right wing and think that's a vacancy in the attack I need to do all I can just look at someone like Raheem Sterling how he has developed since one of the best wingers in Europe at a time when it's all you know if you you play on the opposite side to what your strongest foot yeah. is, is it like an inverted winger they call them or some something like, like that? They call them football miles or something, don't they? Exactly. Yeah, so you've got, you've got but, to cut inside these days. Exactly. But, but Sterling and, and Leroy Sane uh, thrive as old-fashioned natural wingers, and Rashford did pretty well there when he came on uh, against West Ham, but he's not started well there um, on the right. I think another issue with the Newcastle game, Charlotte touched upon. I think a lot of people going into that game said but kind of knew that Lukaku, they were saying he should be dropped, but probably knew that he wouldn't be dropped. And then you look at the game and, okay, Lukaku didn't play well, but if you've only got Rashford getting those chances, putting them wide, then there's not really a great incentive there for Mourinho to drop Lukaku, even though he's had his own issues in front of goal this season. Yeah, I guess the next question was going to be, and you sort of answered there, but towards you as well, Charlotte, what do you think Rashford's future at the club holds? Do you think it is that he's got to become a right winger if he wants to get regular football or do you think he will maybe get a chance for the forward I mean it's, it's difficult now that United have been knocked out of the Carabao Cup because maybe that was an opportunity where he would get an opportunity yeah. to yeah. play against maybe a lesser side through the middle he's lost that opportunity the pressure's on to perform in Europe and in the Premier League so in actual it's easy enough to say Rashford should play a game through the middle but there's not many games where Mourinho can say, I'm going to drop Lukaku and play him. He's not going to do that, is he, Mourinho? No, exactly. He's not going to drop Lukaku. So if you're looking at that, if he's looking at that and thinking, I want to play through the middle and that's my only chance, then if that's his mentality, then maybe he does need to go and look at and play elsewhere. But he should look at it as a whole rather than that's my position. Because like we just said, Samuel touched on it, right wing, there, there is no right winger within that team. Why, why not? go on the training pitch and be like, oh, do you know what? I'm going to work hard week in, week out and make that position my own or try and fight with Sanchez and push him out of the team. Like, we don't see what happens day in, day out at Carrington. But if I was him 20 years old at Manchester United, it's still one of the biggest, best clubs in the world. He's come through the academy there. You just can't see him wanting to leave. He just needs that fight to push these big names out of the starting eleven. I mean, Marshall's done it with Sanchez already. Yeah. For all the... the, the big, 
there've been considerable issues with Marsh in recent months about his attitude going AWOL during the pre-season tour. Although he, he did that to attend the birth of his of his son, so you know you cut him some slack there. But Sanchez has been do- dropped, I think, twice this season, and both cases it's been for Marshall. Yeah. And um, okay, it didn't work at West Ham, but he came on against Valencia and he did all right. Stayed in the team, and you know he kept on going against Newcastle and, and got the goal. So there's, you know, I think Rashford, as I said, I think there is a bit of an air of entitlement there where he feels as though he should be the pin-up for United and he could be the pin-up for England as well. I mean, he's, he wears a number 10 for United, which obviously comes with considerable clout as well. But um, I think what he isn't helped by as well, the, you had it last year, someone like Phil Neville comparing him to Killian Mbappe <laughs> when they're just... In, completely different everyone's got to be compared to someone these days haven't they yeah that's it's I mean some some pundits obviously want to you know they're they're fishing for a soundbite or they're coerced into saying uh, things like that but that was pretty stupid then and it's still stupid now. I mean, Rashford was playing well at the time. So you don't think you'll see Rashford on the front cover of Time magazine next year? No, no. I mean, the, the credible comparison to make with Rashford, and I say this, you know, completely straight face, is he's like a deluxe Danny Welbeck yeah. at the moment. It's, it's the best way I can say it. I, I think he can become more than Danny Welbeck did at United. Absolutely. But um, he's, a, he's in this period now where he's got to nail down a role uh, if he wants to, if he wants to be a first teamer in the club. But the thing is, also it takes one injury to one player. Lukaku injured. Yeah. He's, he's got to play. Sorry, he's got. To, <laughs> I must apologise for hitting the microphone rather than the person. <laughs> <laughs> so apologies if that made a weird noise. But um, at least it worked the listeners up, didn't it? It's good going on my toes. Falling asleep, just come and wake up. Um, I've lost my train of thought. What was I? You say if Lukaku was to get injured, then yes, Rashford's got no. And you've hit the mic again. Yeah. Getting really, <laughs> getting really animated here. Yeah. Um, he's straight in the team, and then he'll have to. Perform do you think he would be? Do you think out. if Lukaku gets injured, that Rashford well, has to play central? Or do you think he would go for someone like Sanchez through the middle or Martial? But, but then you've got the. If you're looking at a front three, the pe- the people you've got, you've got Sanchez, Martial, Rashford. Because pre-season, Mata Sanchez Lingard. and Mata through the middle looked quite... I know you're playing against MLS teams, aren't Sam you? Sam yeah. well, Probably quite... We'd give United a game <laughs> now, maybe. But you, you look at Sanchez through the middle, I thought he played maybe some of his best games for United in pre-season, which says a lot about him, I know. I think Sanchez would like that. Uh, but I, th- I, I suspect Mourinho would... Because of just the profile of centre forward, he likes to go for with, um, you know, the, the, yeah. you know, Rashford's what over six foot now. He's he's quite an imposing figure. Mourinho likes those physical strikers. If he's got that option, I think he's always always going to go with him rather than Sanchez, who's obviously a very diminutive player. It just doesn't suit Mourinho's style to go with. Sanchez there um, do you think Mourinho maybe needs to have a I know maybe not a plan B as such but for these big European games maybe where he can adopt a false nine sort of without Lukaku do you think yeah, United I, are too I, predictable I, in the forward line I, they sense? are they're very predictable and I think that one of the issues with Mourinho this season is this emphasis on power players and I mean I looked at the most used front sixes at Liverpool and City I think the tallest player is Roberto Firmino and he's 5 foot 11 and United every week in their front six so at least four or five mm-hmm. six foot plus players there and that's always going to compromise a team's attacking fluidity and you saw with Mata Sanchez Marshall on the pitch Pogba 
deeper, which obviously isn't going to happen all the time, but as a tactical ploy against Newcastle, it worked really well. Uh, they were a lot more fluid and they, they did create a lot of chances. So um, he, he, I think Mourinho showed willingness there to still, not willingness, but kind of like prove to those who say he's yesterday's man that he has got that tactical innovation up his sleeve um, that he can use. But there's always, you just always suspect he's going to revert to type. Yeah, I'm expecting to revert to that this weekend with Lukaku against Chelsea. Well, no, that'll be a nice debate. Him and Morata coming head to head maybe again. But uh, Lukaku's comments, uh, they, they came out over the weekend. I think he was asked directly, would you like to play with your brother in Italy? Maybe they've been misconstrued a bit. I've not seen them fully or analysed them. Um, suggesting maybe that you could leave United in years to come. That's not what fans want to hear at all. Charlotte, what do you make of the, uh, the comments? Really the know, Do you think they're just naive? or? I just also think that no fan of any big club expects players to stay at the club for the rest yeah. of their whole the whole rest of their career. He's still so young as well. Gone are the days of the likes of Ryan Giggs and Paul Scholes and that lot staying at one club for the whole of their career and just becoming like club legends that they all move around, everyone wants a different challenge. If he stays in the Premier League, wins the Premier League, it could be a situation of a where next and he was interviewed by an Italian journalist for an Italian publication, I believe. So, and you don't, I didn't hear the tone of how he said it. And it could have just been a, oh yeah, of course, like I'd never rule it out. But then when you read it in black and white, it comes across as Lukaku was asked if he fancied a move to Italy (laughs) and said, yeah, okay then. But I can't, I don't think there's any reason for United to be concerned about that. I can't see him itching to get a move anywhere. And like Simon said before, can't see Mourinho getting rid of Lukaku otherwise he's got no No. real other option. This always happens uh, with particularly the Belgium uh, international camp. (laughs) You find a player will go away and then you'll see quotes from set player angling for a move elsewhere. Uh, I think Fellaini had great form for doing it when he was at Everton and he was looking to get a better move and Hazard's doing it as well at the moment uh, with with Lukaku I don't think it's, it's a prime concern for United I mean he's, he's on a long contract he'll leave at some point but uh, and it would take a hefty chunk to get him out of United for the fee they paid for him as well it's not yeah. as if he's just been been put for sale and it's just a bit of a non-starter I think yeah, yeah it's it's also it's just like the it's players it's a great story isn't yeah, it yeah exactly yeah I which don't we're think, always grateful for which we are grateful I don't think uh, Juventus should be uh, pushing the boat out for him when they've got <laughs> Dybala um, doing because I don't think well. it was definitely Juventus that you were talking about I'm going to someone's, mer- said, someone's merged the quotes because they were then asking him about Jordan Lukaku Juventus who's at Lazio and, isn't yeah, he yeah, and, yeah, then, Lazio. yeah and then they were asking about Juventus and oh you're facing them in the Champions League so that was a totally separate question and then someone said all he fancies a move to Juve who knows the magical world of journalism isn't it Um, did sort of pose a question though I've seen it on Twitter quite a bit Um, do United need a new striker in the like you said, if Lukaku did get injured, they maybe don't have a like for like centre forward at the club who can come in and sort of give you consistent goals. And maybe they don't have consistent goals now anyway. And maybe a, a general question from that is if United could sign one player in any position, what would it be? Because I know, I think we know what the answer is going to be to that one, but we shall see. I think if if you were to ask, possibly, I, I think Mourinho and Ed Wood would would maybe give the same answer to if they could have one player in one position and it would probably be Rafael Varane purely because the, the it ticks all the boxes in terms of he's the ideal profile of defender that United would want from a football perspective they need a top draw centre-half he's that and also from uh, the Bing Counts point of view he's quite a marketable um, 
multiple player on top of that. Uh, get on well with Pogba as well. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it whether I mean the Zidane stuff has thankfully died down because uh, the season feels about nine yeah. months older than it is already. And his agent did so sort of his agent's it. comments last week as well saying that he doesn't fancy a move to England at the moment as well, which sort of displayed that. I mean, I know you've got to play yeah. it safe. Haven't you? I so mean, he, he, as long as Pogba and Marshall there and Mourinho is there as well, he's always going to be empowered by by the possibility of coming in and coaxing more out of those players uh, although Mourinho has offered you know, Pogba a couple of olive branches but the fact that Zidane is strikes folks and said Zidane was the man responsible for um, taking Varane to Real Madrid mm. because United wanted him back when he was an 18 year old at Lens so uh, it probably it, I think as I said I think Woodward and Mourinho would actually be in agreement with that it, it's a very it would be a very Mourinho answer but I think it's an answer that would please United supporters as well as long as it solves the question it's a it's a good enough answer, isn't it? And then, yeah, I guess, Charlotte, if you went to the January window, do you think United would need a, a new centre-forward in general? I think if we're looking at priorities, it's like what Samuel said, I think they're going to have to uh, strengthen the back. There's, they've been linked with so many names and you just think, where on earth are they going to... He's not going to get the budget to buy. He's, I think, well, Milinkovic, Savic, <laughs> Perisic, Rebic and Varane all in January yeah. it's just not going to happen so all these huge names have been linked with January moves to United and it's isn't Nancy Rebic just linked with United whenever he appears on English Rebic, television yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's like people remember they, he they forget who he is because so it's now it's yeah. the international break and they're like oh wasn't he if anyone sling? plays against I mean England play Spain to, tonight actually don't they on the Monday so you can imagine there's going to be some Sal Niguez maybe yeah Sal Niguez might get linked again basically it's anyone Paco who has a semi-decent game yeah I, th- I think with um, in terms of a strike, I mean, Mourinho, I think that's partly why he did sign Sanchez, just so they'd have that option there. But yeah. of course... Ticks two not, boxes. Yeah, he's he? not played in there very often. Um, and the Arnautovic stuff was, was coming out as well. He was a very different forward. He's not really a striker, but he's a very different option to, to Lukaku. Uh, I think the problem they had when they re-signed Ibrahimovic, I mean, I, did, I disagreed with that anyway, but it was just the fact that they had kind of like a 11-year... Older version, older version yeah. of Lukaku, a guy who's a goal scorer, but is quite immobile, and you have to play in a very specific way and not an altogether entertaining or always proactive way to, to cater for him. You look how Ferguson assembled it when he had Hernandez as backup to Rooney, yes. or it was you know you'd have Rooney, Van Persie, uh, Hernandez, and Welbeck. That that was a pretty good quartet to choose from. It was a flawed quartet. Um, it wasn't exactly you know York, Cole, Celsius, Sheringham, but there was a lot of variety there. And United don't really seem to have that from out-and-out strikers. Rashford it goes from one week to another whether he's a striker or not. Uh, I think it's, it's more accurate just to say he's a forward, but I do think they could do with someone who is a specific a striker yeah. who's going to be happy with that Hernandez role of coming in every now and then. The really, yeah, yeah, really fights for their place. I think the difficulty with that is that in the current market you, you're, under, you're under pressure to unearth another Hernandez who was like a six million buy from Mexico nobody yeah. had ever heard of and it's you know United have shown in recent summers in terms of the scouting they're not really you know earning their crust at senior level they are at academy level they are you know, identifying some very good young players but 
the pressures on to do it at senior level. Yeah, another quirk of the international break is anyone who's ever put on a United shirt gets linked with a move back as well. Memphis stars for Holland <laughs> against Germany. In terms of every time you wake up on Twitter, you see Zlatan or Rooney's done something again in the MLS. All three of them have been linked with potential moves somehow back to United. Would you take any of them back in short? No. No. Hmm, that was easy, wasn't it? <laughs> We can move on from that then. Uh, <laughs> well, United have a buyback from Memphis. They, yeah, they do, which was sensible in case you know he became exceptional. And it's not a surprise that he's performing at Lyon because you hard, ha- hardly anyone outside Lyon or France, I should say, watches their games. The yeah. pressure is... Well, finishing fraction. second's a great season for them. Now, yeah, isn't it? absolutely. If the pressure is a fraction of what it is at United. Um, I mean, I saw his goal against Germany. I think the the striking thing about Depay now or Memphis, I mean, how whatever, whatever one's brand preference is, is, yeah. Yeah, is that uh, he looks about a stone lighter. And yeah. I always thought when he came to United, he did look bulky, uh, he, didn't he? He just looked too bulky to be a winger in the Premier League. You look at, again, citing the example of um, Sane and Sterling or Salah and, and Mane, they're, there's not much. They're slight. And they're, so, they? they're so slight, but they're not pushovers either. And he didn't quite have that balance. He looked like, he, I mean, he clearly wasn't a pushover, but he was never really going to trouble many fullbacks. And um, that was always going to be an issue, I thought, in the Premier League. So... He, and also, he's a left winger, and the last thing United need <laughs> at the one. moment is a, is a left winger. So, although there's an awful lot of enthusiasm among United supporters to have him back, I can't really see it happening. And could you imagine him fitting in this Mourinho side? Either? It'd be interesting no, the, way that, the way that he plays. Just, no. he wouldn't fit either. And well, same with Latan and Rooney. Oh, then. Was Latan, no. Why? Like, why? Why? Third time lucky, maybe. No, there's just no way. Like, the only way that it would work would be to bring him back in a non-footballing capacity. Just be the spokesperson for Manchester. Well, not, the social this is accounts, not someone they just put out like to tweet. Like <laughs> sometimes it's debated cool. whether they do need a new social media executive. I'm not sure whether Zlatan is the person for that. But ambassador or something. Mourinho obviously thinks he's going to have clout in the dressing room, and he whatever the reports. Sometimes the reports say that not that he's lost the dressing room, but he doesn't have the authority over it, and there's that bridge of a gap between the manager and the players maybe he thinks he can come back and solve that problem but talking purely from a playing he could coach Rashford had to finish well there you go he could be Rashford's personal finish, finishing <laughs> coach but I just why on earth would they bring him back to be in, be in the team I just can't see any sense Rooney as well we're talking about the MLS yeah, exactly. I mean, it's easy, it's fascinating to see how his stock's risen again since leaving that because it seems like some support was a bit divided by Rooney in that final final couple of scenes of him at the club, to say the least. He broke the scoring record at the club, uh, but there was cries for new strikers to be bought then, weren't there? And you wonder if Rooney, even slower, even older, coming back would actually answer any issues for United. No, it, he was lucky to get on the bench in that final season. Van Gaal never had the... Um, you know, the courage to drop him. You were going to use a Van Gaal yeah, expression, weren't you? I was, yeah. That, that, I think I used that line at some point while he was in charge at United, but he didn't have the courage to drop him either. And uh, he, was a, he was a brilliant player for United, but it's easily forgotten that he held, you know, he flushed his eyelashes at Manchester City, got a pay rise, flushed his eyelashes at Chelsea, yeah. got a pay rise. Um, it's not a surprise he's doing pretty well 
in the MLS because with, with all due respect to it, it is still a retirement home for elite footballers. Well, Bradley Ratfield's probably one of the best players there. So that's <laughs> yeah, uh, so it's it's great that there's enthusiasm for American soccer and you do you do see it out there, but they've it's got such a long way to go to be on an even keel with the you know the big five, top five European leagues. So. Yeah, not a surprise to see that he's 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 thriving out there. Um, as I've said many many times, I think United probably should have got rid of him four years earlier. Yeah, that's understandable, especially when they could cash in on him as well and got a good. They, they'd have got a very good, yeah, uh, you know, very good fee for him if they did something to Chelsea in 2013. But I think it was the wrong time in the parallel universe. Ferguson stays on, Ronaldo returns, Rooney leaves and United <laughs> won the Champions happens. League again or something like that. Another player thriving at the moment, Luke Shaw. Um, we had a, another conversation last week at the MN talking about United's player of the season so far and it's unanimous uh, the decision to go with Luke Shaw. Um, contract talks underway to extend his stay at the club. Uh, credit to him and the way that he's responded really to the challenge that, and the setbacks he's had. Yeah, it just shows you how much can happen in such a small amount of time. I think in late June, we did the story that United were prepared to offer him a new contract. And at that point, his stock was very low. He didn't play particularly well on pre-season, I don't think. There weren't many performances where you came away thinking he turned a corner, but his fitness was good. He didn't get injured. And now he's been given, you know, now they're trying to get him tied down a longer deal that that really is a reflection of how high his stock is now I think if there's been one beneficiary of United's split transfer strategy it's him because mm. Mourinho like I don't think even Mourinho would pretend that he was looking to replace him they looked at Kieran Tierney Alexandro Danny Rose there's some interest in Ryan Sessegnon as well but if if they were ever able to get Shaw playing at that level he was playing at before he broke his leg three years ago then he'd have saved them millions and although I'd say he's not quite back at that level there have been signs recently that um, he's returning to it and you'd expect him to get there again a little bit like Rashford he's still got so much time on his side he's still only um, 23 years old and at his optimum he's he's one of the best left backs in Europe I'm sure you'd like to see it finally working out for Chicago. I think there is such a sense as well for United fans that everyone wants him to succeed it's yeah. a feel good factor and he scored his first goal of course against Leicester on the opening day yeah and it's good to see that because you can just talk it up and before the season yeah. you had to sit down with him, didn't you? And he was saying, he was talking himself up and he was saying, oh, I'm not going to sign a new contract unless I deserve it and all this. And I think he, do, he does deserve the contract. So it is well deserved. He has, in my opinion, been United, although if there's, there's not, <laughs> not much, much competition at the minute. <laughs> um, he's been arguably United's best player so far this season by a country mile, I'd say. And so he deserves his new deal. But you're right, it is good to see when some he's put the effort in, hasn't he? He took yeah. himself on before pre-season to Dubai and did that training camp. He lost some weight. He's put the effort in. So, yeah, he deserves his place and ahead of Ashley Young, I'd say. The thing was, when, he, uh, when we spoke to him in, in LA and he told us that he didn't want a new contract yet, I think when a lot of players say that, you'd think they're just using this as yeah. a bargaining chip. But he did say it in a very sincere, sincere way uh, because, I mean, he said to us himself, he, he was like embarrassed that he was in this position where he was previously world's most expensive defender, but he was in the last year of his contract and no option of an extension uh, left on it. And he's he's played with a determination that suggests that he wanted to, um, that he wanted to you know, 
come out of that that slump he was in I suppose you could say although I think there were times last season where Mourinho was overlooking him when he should have been playing him more uh, but credit to him I mean I think if anything amid all the issues a lot of United players have had with Mourinho and there have been plenty of them Shaw is a shining example that if you respond to his criticism if you take it on board if you actually have the mentality and the attitude to prove him wrong you can do and he's he's doing that at the moment um, I think I was I was told when when he was still at Southampton he because he's a boyhood Chelsea fan he was still attending Chelsea games with like a cat pulled down so nobody would recognize him uh, which made it you know quite quite amazing that for a London lad Chelsea fan he didn't want to join Chelsea at that time in 2014 which was uh, which didn't reflect brilliantly on Mourinho and I think that was probably why Mourinho came out and said the stuff yeah. he did about Shaw's wage demands but obviously he's he's being managed by him now and he's not he's not really you know th- th- there've been some problems there but for him to be in the position he's in at the moment is is testament to to his resilience and and to his quality yeah, it's another exciting prospect for sure that he gets to go play Chelsea this weekend, United. Yes. Exciting might be one word for it. It's going to be exciting <laughs> for mean, o- ominous. It's a yeah. test. It's going to be a test. Um, it's the type of test where United, last season, they, their record against the big sides towards the end of last season was very good. If you look at that game against Chelsea at Old Trafford, maybe, okay, the FA Cup final, we'll, we're not going to talk about that. But the, the game at Old Trafford, that was when, maybe as well, Lukaku maybe had one of his better games for United in the way that he led the line. Um, going into this game, you've got two huge games. You've got Chelsea then Juventus. What do you think the move is around United? Do you think it is, I mean, you say it's ominous, but United go into those games as underdogs. Do you think that will suit them? Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's not <laughs> ideal, obviously, to play a big side and you're not the favourites to win, the but pro- United have maybe the enough The issue when you're saying they're underdogs, which is true, because... As long as they don't get thumped... You, well, if you're, I thought you were going to say something else. Then. <laughs> if you're looking at recent performances, that's why they're underdogs. But then the problem is there's still so much pressure on them to win. Yeah. Because Mourinho is under pressure to get more points on the board as the players are. So yes, you're right. They're underdogs in terms of they're not expected to go there and win. But there's still pressure on the team to go and get a result of some description. Do you think it is about result or just about performance in these next two games? Do you think that it can be twisted in the manner that if United were to lose both would play well, that's good enough for as an improvement? I'd hesitate to say it's it's good enough because of how bad standards. it was before. Yeah, and also that. I mean, there's not only the standards Mourinho set, but also, I mean, Brighton, West Ham, the first half against Newcastle, as I said, the time I think it's the worst half I've ever seen from a United team live so the bar has been set that low it's difficult to, to go be lower uh, United I mean, can limbo further down don't yeah. you worry <laughs> um, we think not but each week <laughs> yeah it's wrong it's, it's a little bit there's like, a new depth it's a little bit like Inception isn't it yeah. going to the to the limbo level of it but um, uh, with their, their record at Chelsea so wretched that a point even if they have 90% possession and 30 attempts at goal and Chelsea have no attempt at goal and it ends in a draw, it's still a positive point yeah, for United. Yeah, I think a point would be, bad. but if there's arguably a good performance and they lo- accidentally Spirited somehow defeat. leak yes. th- three goals in at the back, that is a disaster still. You can't come away from there, lose by a big margin and say, oh, it's all right because we played some good football. And and they could go 10 points behind and in the title race as well. No, there's just no way, like, 
sounding like a middle to bottom league side there you know when they go on away the fans go on away yeah. days and they're like oh it was a great day out because we played some good football but we lost 3-0 no it's United they need they need to go and get a result if that means playing negative football and they grind out 0-0 result Results, not run. Positive results. Well, it would be in some yeah. ways, and I know that sounds ridiculous. No, no, no. That's 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 a particularly pertinent point, particularly when you look at the coverage Tottenham get from losing to getting thrashed by Barcelona. Yeah, I mean they were second they were lucky. Best yeah, they were lucky to lose by two goals last season. Um, they did bottle it against Juventus. There's no two ways about that. When you get a two-all draw away from home, then you go one 0 up in the second leg. Um, that's that's a real missed opportunity and there's been a loss of nerve there but because they're Tottenham and because they don't win anything and because they haven't been playing Champions League football that regularly um, it's seen as some kind of moral victory that they've been taught a footballing lesson by these teams uh, so I mean I've said before I think there's a bit of an Arsenal apathy about United just how it's like get top four that's fine we've yeah. got our income sorted for the year um, that th- they don't want to be, you know, becoming like Tottenham uh, in that sense. But in term, but as as you were saying about the whole underdog mentality, I think that does suit Mourinho a lot of the time. Um, him against the world, sort of everyone's yeah. out to get him. I, I mean, there are times when really he's pushing his luck, like at West Ham, where he decides to play three central yeah. defenders and McTominay's one. And especially when you say he's the best centre defender and then don't play in the week after as well. You don't back up your decision. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, he, he he did a quick bout turn on, on McTominay with, with that one by taking him off at half-time <laughs> against Newcastle and then saying he was scared, which I think he was completely right to say. Um, but there's every time they go to Chelsea, they are they are underdogs there just purely because of, of the record and... Um, it's it almost feels like they they just turn up for their annual defeat there. I think it says it all that the last time they actually won there in the same season, they still managed to lose two other games at Stamford Bridge because they played them in the League Cup yeah. and the FA Cup. That's going to be an enjoyable trip down <laughs> down south on Saturday for you both. Then are you both excited on? Ominous, are we saying is that the, I don't that think the I'm verdict? Expecting an exciting attacking game of football, but. Who knows? You you would from Chelsea. I mean, che- yeah, yeah I mean, from United. Yeah. You get to see Hazard play. I mean, the, what I would say, um, I mean, this is slim pickings because they've lost <laughs> their three games under Mourinho there, like by an aggregate score of 6 0. There were chances in all three of big chances in all three of those mm. games. I think Ibrahimovic had a header when they lost 4 0 when they were only 1 0 down, which he should have scored, but he was. He was playing like Lukaku is at the moment. He was costing United quite a lot. Rashford had a one-on-one in the cup game at one all, but Courtois saved it. And I think at 0-0 last season in the league game in November, he had a far post header yeah. at 0-0, um, which, which he didn't take either. And you know, Murata took his in the second half. So they've they've had some decent openings in those games and you can... Clutch, you know, you can clutch at that, as I say, but we'll clutch all we can. <laughs> going, yeah, going to a game like that, but, you've got to the, clutch, the, haven't you? But the way, like the way Hazard's playing at the moment, it's um, it doesn't it doesn't all go well, which is probably an, you know I think is is one reason why it would be a relief for United if Herrera was fit for the game. Yeah, I think going into that, the last point really coming up against a player like Hazard, do you think Mourinho's going to make any more? Maybe peculiar team selections, or do you think he's just got to go for the the strongest eleven he can? Or do I don't think it'll be peculiar because he'll play someone like Fellaini, who 
you now come to expect to play in games like this. As Samuel said, Herrera uh, pocketed uh, Hazard, didn't yeah. he? Um, so seems a long time ago. It does, it does, it does ago. seem a very long time ago. And then he's not played for a few weeks either, which yeah. could be on his side because you could say not fatigued. And I was looking at um, the starting 11s from the last two games and the amount of internationals in both sides. The majority of Chelsea's starting 11 from their win against Southampton, they've all gone away on international duty, whereas little niggles and injuries to United players, the likes of Luke Shaw, who you would think possibly should be fit for the weekend because I don't think there was anything seriously wrong with him. That could help United because these players, they're back at Carrington and they're training for the game. So as we say, clutching at straws, that maybe they'll have (laughs) a slightly fresher start in 11, but I can't see any drastic surprises to the starting 11 because you'd expect someone like Fellaini to start. I think the one area is what he does at centre-half. Yeah, that's the big decision, isn't it? Having, obviously, by his confidence... I mean, I was told that the international break came at a good time from Bayern because he's been able to go away. He's actually scored for the Ivory Coast, so his confidence is, is up on that. But the, the the way he was taken off is always going to you know cause an issue there. Um, it says a lot about the United defence that you've got two or three defenders just competing to play alongside Chris Smalling. Uh, and none of them are in favour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that not only did he take Bayern off against Newcastle, but it wasn't Lindelof who, who came yeah, on. Yeah, says a lot. Um, and it wasn't like he was changing formation at that time because McTominay was the one who, who dropped back there. So um, it's I, I dem- it, it's difficult to predict who would actually line up alongside Smalling, um, given the, the way it's, it's gone with those two. It wouldn't surprise me if Jones suddenly comes back in from the cold when, when he has been frozen out recently. But you don't but- expect it to be Big Scott's. No, I, 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 no, I think, um, I mean, he's been the golden child under Mourinho. So when even he's accused of being scared, no, that, that's, yeah. that's quite, you, you know, that um, it's, you know, drastic times and what have you. But I suppose with Matic also being, having been injured recently, um, if he's not fit, then I think Herrera just simply has to come in. But as Charlotte touched upon it, uh, Fellaini, Pogba, Matic has been the preferred midfield three this season and I reckon that will prob- possibly be the case on Saturday but when you come up against Kovacic, Jorginho and Conte that's that's a pretty it's, it's quite Very a clash of styles midfield, yeah, yeah absolutely and I mean I think Chelsea's defence is pretty vulnerable with Rudiger and, and Luis there so you've you've got to get that balance right but with Mourinho it's often the case that he is He's a man who focuses more on what the opposition can do to you rather than vice versa. So we should be fascinating. <laughs> we shall see. Um, well, thank you very much for joining us. We will be back thank next you. week to dissect that autopsy of whatever happened at Stamford Bridge. Make sure to subscribe to the Manchester's Red podcast on Acast for all the latest episodes and follow us on the Manchester News for all the build-up to United's crunch doubleheaders against Chelsea and Juventus.